1: Ladies heard it last week, men hear it this week. Men, you are to use your gifts and your resources to help develop and encourage your wife. Now, notice I used the word encourage, I didn't use the word pressure. Don't try to make your wife into something she is not. And so, it's always hard for us to find, that it's for all of us. You know, to find the place where we are calling people to take the proper next step without trying to turn them into something that God never intended them to be.
0: As we observe marriages in our culture, we know that many end in divorce, some barely survive, and a small percentage seem to thrive. That might cause us to ask, whether we are single or married, is the small percentage of thriving marriages due to marriage being a bad institution or a poor application of God's original plan? Successful marriages are those where couples joyfully embrace the idea of serving one another and realize that love comes with restrictions. Oddly enough, instead of producing bitterness and feeling restricted, following God's plan produces a oneness in a couple as they individually and collectively love one another. Our goal is not to have a perfect spouse, but to follow Christ. Here's Pastor Jim in Ephesians chapter 5.
1: The only biblical reason to end a marriage is infidelity, or abandonment. Naturally, death ends it as well. And abandonment is very complex. Uh, That's why I always tell you my least favorite hallway conversation is when people walk up to me and go, good message, what's your opinion on divorce? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It is is one of the most difficult subjects to, to talk with people about because there are so many ins and outs. And we all know And if you don't, you'll know in a second. Nobody loves like Jesus loves. Nobody does. And and sin makes marriage a struggle at times. That's why all of our marriages need the gospel. That's why we all need to come to God for complete forgiveness. And after we have repented, before God and before our spouse, asking God for the, for the power to, by the help of the Holy Spirit to be the spouse that He wants us to be. Now, God's vision for marriage is that a man and a woman, a husband and wife, are in an exclusive and permanent relationship. Exclusive. That, that not only physical, You're not to have your girlfriend at work that you go have lunch with or your boyfriend at work that you go have lunch with. That's not it. It is a special kind of love. Both husband and wife are to be faithful. They are to be loyal, to be loving to one another. And where each one says, because we are one, I will put you first in all things. Very important that we understand that. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I wish you were all as I am single so you could serve the Lord better. So if you're single, you can go out and serve the Lord seven nights a week. If if you're married and you're out serving the Lord seven nights a week, guess what? You're a crummy Christian. You're a crummy Christian. If you're married and you're out seven nights a week doing that, you're a bad Christian. You're a bad husband you're, you're a bad wife because you're not putting your spouse first in all things. Both husband and wife are to be, as verse 21 said, submitting to one another. A wife joyfully submitting to her husband and a husband who will do anything for his wife, even willing to die for her. Now, that's not all it is. It's not like, oh, well, I'll physically die. One of the things, like in premarital, I'll say, all right, let's just start with the most basic thing. At your house, you look out and you're like, wow, there's a caravan of trucks coming up the, up the road. And they stop in front of your house and it's ISIS. And they're coming up the, up the driveway and they knock on the door and it's you and your wife and your kids. And I, and I go, and they go. One of us has to come with. One of you has to come with us and die. Who goes? And the man goes. Mm, well, that depends. The wedding is off. <laughs> the wedding is off. Okay. He's like, well, she may have a terminal disease. No, you have a terminal disease. You're going with them. But 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 it's not just physically dying. It, it, it's it's actually being willing to die in terms of giving yourself up, as Christ did. That will radically change the way you make decisions. That will radically change the way you spend your time. You will begin to make decisions according to the word of God and for the flourishing of your spouse. Ladies heard it last week. Men hear it this week. Men, you are to use your gifts and your resources to help develop and encourage your wife. Now, notice I used the word encourage. I didn't use the word pressure. Don't try to make your wife into something she is not. And so it's always hard for us to find, it's for all of us, you know, to find the place where we are calling people to take the proper next step without trying to turn them into something that God never intended them to be. Verse 32 This is a great mystery. Now, some men are going, that's right, I can't figure her out. No, that's not what this is. (laughs) This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. So the marriage relationship is a great mystery that points to Christ and his church that are united as one. Now, marriage lasts until we die. Now, some of us don't like that. Pam and I, we don't like that at all. We, we're, so, so what we did was went on www.heavensaccommodations.com, and we purchased timeshare homes right next to each other. <laughs> we're always like, we want to be neighbors. And I always be like, yeah, well, you're so nice. I'll be living in the basement of your mansion. And, and, but, but marriage is, is, till we die, But what he's talking about here, this great mystery, is the oneness of Christ and the church that lasts on into eternity and for all eternity for those who put their trust in Jesus. Now, it's important to recall that a mystery is not like we think mysteries. We think mysteries like, oh, it's an unsolvable thing. We don't know. It's a mystery. In the Bible, a mystery is a secret revealed. And in terms of the practical aspect of this, when two sinners marry and thrive, the gospel is revealed. We see the gospel in motion. The the truth of Genesis 2.24 is is amazing that, that, that far beyond a husband and a wife, marriage points to the truth of Christ coming for his bride. When you think about it for a second, the pictures are quite profound here. You know, I know a lot of people who struggle to understand or to sense that God loves them. And, and typically I will say, well, you just need to keep looking at that cross, looking at that cross, looking at that cross, realizing that he, he willingly died for you. And, and, and so if you can't think of it that way, here there's a picture of the, of the, of the love of God as a completely devoted husband think of Jesus as the completely devoted husband to his bride the church so other people say I just don't know how to please the Lord I just don't know what the Lord wants me to do well picture a beautiful supportive wife that you are you are willing to be supportive of Christ and, and his work in the world and to, and to do whatever it takes to help Christ take his, his mission to the world. If, if you're single, you say, well, how does that apply to me? Think of Christ's love for the church. Think of, of how you can help take Christ's mission to the world. Now, many people are Sometimes we all experience this, but some people are always find themselves in a painful marriage. And all marriages are in some sense imperfect. But the good news is, is that none of us who put our trust in Jesus Christ will miss out on the perfect marriage in the next life. Because the perfect marriage in the next life is the marriage between Christ and the church. You know, as a pastor, I'm, I'm privy to some struggling marriages. I am grateful for those of, in our church that come to me and they say, you know, we, we just wanted to come to you and, and tell you that, that when we came to this church, our marriage was just, it was really in, in a bad way. And, and God has really used the preaching of God's word to, to pull our marriage back together. And, and boy, I tell you, I'm, I'm so excited to hear that. That is, I always say that is music to my heart. And I just love to hear that. But I'm also privy to um, some struggling marriages. But I tell you, I, I do have to think of one thing, of the marriages that struggle that keep going on. Rather than me personally thinking like, oh, they got a bad marriage or something like that, I've, I've chosen to see them as a demonstration of the grace of God. Rather than seeing them as a failure, I see the power of God uh, to keep them together. I see the potential of the power of God to, to take a couple that was, was once in love or maybe never really were in love and to do something dynamic. Any really good Bible uh, counselor biblical counselor will will tell a couple listen I have no desire to help you make your marriage better zero zero that I don't want that at all I want to witness God make your marriage new that that's what I that that's what I want to see God do and the power of God keeping a a couple together is the same way that God keeps his sinful kids with him I mean, we love our kids. Sometimes they break our hearts, but they're still our kids and we're not going to disown them. And God is not going to disown us. And so verse 33, the Apostle Paul, the the spiritual father to so many people in the church in Ephesus and the churches in the surrounding area, addresses his sons and daughters in the faith. He's going to move on to kids, Lord willing, He's going to move on to bosses and, and employer, employers and employees. But he addresses his sons and daughters in the faith and he says this, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. One sign of a spirit-filled life is the sacrificial giving of one's life for another, and here a a husband and wife make sacrifices for one another. Like I've said to you many times before, love comes with restrictions. It just does. You when you uh, if you just say, "Well, I'm just going to I'm going to get married and do whatever I want," well, that don't get married, don't ruin somebody else's life. Because love comes with restrictions. Your, your friends call you at, at, at work at 5 o'clock and go, man, I got tickets to the, to the game tonight. You're single? I'm there, dude! <laughs> what do you say when you're married? Don't go, I have to call my wife. <laughs> you go, let me get back to you in a couple minutes. And then you go, you know what, I had other plans. Don't make your wife take the hit. If you know, if if or you might just say, you know what, I'd love to, but you know, you, you haven't seen your wife in a couple days or something like that, I'd love to, but I already have plans. Love comes with restrictions. You know, couples that 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 don't live to serve one another, that don't sacrifice one another, they often become strangers. A lot of times that they raise kids, kids leave the house. And they look at each other and they go, who are you? Very common. Wife has poured her life, if a mom is a stay-at-home mom, she has poured her life into her kids. That has been her life. Typically in American culture, the way we get married, the guy's now in his mid-50s. And when do men usually hit their peak of their career? In their mid-50s. So that dude is busy as all get out, and she's like, Who am I? Who am I? You can't get, you can't let that happen. Or for other couples, if they don't serve one another, it becomes a matter of control. Couples fighting for control and they don't fight fair and they don't fight differently. What do men often seek to do? Men seek to dominate. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to control this woman. The wife's, woman of, the wife's weapon of choice is disrespect, diminishing words, or the withholding of sex. But here's what we have to remember. Men, if you dominate her, you will not get her respect. Do we hear that loud and clear? God is giving us practical wisdom here. If you try to dominate your wife, you will not get her respect. Wives, if you disrespect or you diminish your husband, you will not get his love. You won't. It won't happen. And and, and we see this kind of stuff happening inside the church and outside the church all the time. So what have we learned in this delicate subject? Husbands have some sort of authority, but they are not to be authoritarians. We've had so many awful examples of what good marriages look like. Why? Because (laughs) so often people we the Bible tells us to be submissive to one another and if one person or both person is not submissive and that's what people are depending on or they're fighting for the control of that we have a terrible example of marriages because that doesn't work what we need to see is couples submitting to one another And even if you want to say, men, well, I believe that that word head means authority. Jesus was the head. He is the authority. It said in Ephesians 1, he was the authority. What kind of authority did Jesus have? A suffering, loving, giving his life for his bride kind of authority. It requires us to look to the word of God and Christ This idea of it's my way or the highway attitude that so many have absolutely has to go. Trying to make your husband or your wife into something they are not does not work. And yet at the same time, we are to help them realize their giftedness and at the same time, we are to give space for God to work cuz things take time husbands give your wives space give them time, give God time to work wives do the same for your husbands submission we're supposed to be submissive to one another wives are supposed to be submissive to their husbands submission is not being weak submission is not being passive Submission is not hiding your gifts. Submission is not hiding your brains. Submission is not being afraid to take the initiative. Husbands and wives are to help each other. Husbands and wives are to help each other be better followers of Jesus. We are to help one another follow their calling And help one another develop their gifts. And even if your spouse is not a Christian, you're still supposed to do those things. Our living out our roles, our living out our calling are not dependent on you or I having the perfect husband or wife. How you say, well, why? why, What makes you say that? Jesus Christ died on the cross for an imperfect bride. Jesus Christ died on the cross for imperfect people. That's why the Apostle Paul teaches us a profound thing here in this this text. He says, don't look from your marriage to Christ and the church. Look to Christ's love for the church and bring that into your marriage. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to observe Jesus loving the church and bring that kind of love into our marriage. So what what did Jesus do? He was submissive to his father in dying for the church and he is head in authority and in relationship, in love, and dying for the church. If you realize tonight that you're not doing so well in this, you're, you're thinking like, I'm a D minus. I bet you on the ride home, your spouse will be kind enough to give you a B. There's always something to shoot for or maybe even a B plus, or an A minus. Don't give him an A, girls, he'll get a big head. The good news is that if you're not doing as well as you thought you could be doing, the good news is that Jesus Christ died for this, that the Holy Spirit will renew you, and the Holy Spirit will empower you not to make your marriage better, but to make your marriage new. You see, the interesting thing is that that what did the Apostle Paul do? He quoted Genesis 2.24 and he said, you got to leave your home and you have to be united to your wife. Jesus Christ left his father's home and he was united to us, to his bride, the church. He didn't do it for us to be mediocre Christians. He didn't do it for us to have mediocre marriages. He didn't do us to pray some silly little prayer and then go live like the devil, hoping we we make it into heaven. He did it so we would thrive. Not so we would survive, so we would thrive. And by dwelling on the love of Christ and the cross of Christ each day, and yielding to the Holy Spirit, you can have a a spirit-filled marriage. You can have a spirit-filled Christian life. And if you've never put your trust in Christ, you can tonight. And when you do that, you will have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And that will help you be a secure person. You won't be so paranoid and so upset about every little thing and you won't take everything as a critique. And you'll realize that the biggest mystery of all is that Christ would actually die for you and that Christ would actually die for me. And to live that life motivated by grace in gratitude, empowered by the Holy Spirit.
0: Who knows what God would do? Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archived broadcasts, load our mobile app, As well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy to follow, verse by verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973 659 3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through God's Word. Glance at the clock right now. And please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love.